Hello and welcome to the Right for Your Life podcast. I'm joined today once again by Manuela Boyle. Thanks for joining us, Manuela. Thanks for asking me back, Ian. No problem. Donna is still on her travels in Australia and uh, we very much appreciate your presence. And uh, presence, if you decide to um, kind of leave something in a work experience person kind of way. There might be a few things that I can choose to move on to later, yes. Celebrations or quality streets would go down a treat. I'll, uh, I'll make a note of that. <laughs> anyway, um, some minor housekeeping. I've um, got the window open next to me, and I hope that you can't hear the traffic listeners. Um, it's just that it's about 30 degrees here in uh, Sheffield, and um, I think that's probably... I think it's slightly less than the temperature of the sun. Um, uh, it certainly feels that way, so I decided to just go with it and hope that the microphone cancels all that nonsense out. I can't hear any traffic noise. Well, that's a good start. So, I can hear I can hear some tra- traffic noise this end, but it's an aeroplane and it's it's gone now. So that I think we'll be fine. Marvelous. So we are going to talk today about two particular topics, um, and anything else that we sort of wander off into. First one is going to be obviously everyone in the entire publishing industry this week has been talking about the Cuckoo's Calling by Robert Galbraith, which is a book that's actually written by J.K. Rowling. So um, there's been a whole kerfuffle about it in the media, and I think it's something worth covering because I think it's interesting for all writers. So it's an interesting thing to have happened, and that's partly why everyone's talking about it. And my opinion about it or my kind of thoughts on it have evolved and changed over the course of the week so we're going to talk about that and secondly we're going to talk about this the idea of social accountability and me and Manuel have just been discussing whether I've made that entire phrase up myself in which case I will want some kind of remuneration if you use it yourself I um, think it's all, I think it's already a trademark actually <laughs> Um, I, I, well, I, if I, it's, I've trademarked it because of I, yours, of yours. Oh, of mine. Okay. Of, yes, of yours. Well, I found the little. I, I clicked on symbol in Word and, and found the appropriate mark, and I think that makes it official. Let it be so. Um, and so, my, my social accountability to me is very simply this idea of um, um, presenting an, an idea to uh, uh, the world or, or saying to the world that you're going to do something, and that might be something as simple as record. a record and publish a podcast every week um and it's whether by making that a public thing a social thing whether the you feel more accountable for it whether you actually are more likely to follow through so it could be that um, i say that to myself but then never get around to it and maybe um maybe i wouldn't have done that um um, in this hypothetical situation if um if i'd have uh, announced it to the world um so we're going to talk a bit about that i haven't done planned it a lot but i've been thinking about it a lot and hopefully we can um, have an interesting discussion along those lines great so by chance had you read the cuckoo's calling by robert galbraith ian i have not read the cuckoo's calling by robert galbraith but i feel like i have had the news <laughs> has been that hot about the subject this week it's almost been hotter than it is here in sheffield and the temperature of the sun um I too um, am not uh, a person who had read Cookie's Calling by Robert Galbraith and, and, and I, I am not now. I'm not one of the people who have rushed out to the shop to go and buy it because they, because now it's been revealed that um, this is a, a crime novel, the long-awaited crime novel by J.K. Rowling. We were promised this some time ago and it never came. Instead, she wrote The Casual Vacancy to mixed reviews. Um, 
Can and I just add at that point? Sorry, sorry to wreck your flow, but I have to say it or else I'll forget it. And it was one of the things I was going to say last week. We do like to have these links between podcasts. Um, to Casual Vacancy is, in fact, one of the novels I have abandoned. I'll oh. just leave you with that thought. It is one of the novels I did abandon. I don't want to say any more about the subject than that, but I just wanted to say that. So, sorry, as you were. No, it's all, it's all good information. Um, so, the, the, the story has uh, changed and evolved. So, that's the basic story, is that J.K. Rowling published this crime novel, Cuckoo's Calling, a few months ago uh, under a pseudonym, under a male pseudonym. We may come back to that, Manuela. Um, I think so. <laughs> uh, called Robert Galbraith. <laughs> and... She didn't. Um, she didn't have the Harry Potter publicity machine behind it, obviously, and it was just launched um, in a kind of what you might call, in inverted commas, the normal way. And um, and lo and behold, it only sold up until the week before the secret was revealed. Um, it only sold five hundred copies. Of course, now that everyone knows that it was really her that wrote it, it's number one in the bestseller list. But it was just like it was just like any other uh, book, I guess. And that's an important point, and one of the things that I want to. I want to talk about is that yeah. there was, there was um, and I'm going to refer later on to a post um, uh, by James Smythe, who's a, a, an author, a fantastic blog post about this, um, and it's the idea that that she was almost um, in all in all the furore around this happening. There was some quarters of the internet of the industry, I guess, who mm-hmm. were kind of scoffing almost, like you know, oh, you're not such a good writer after all. You've only sold 500 books, but to some authors, selling that amount of books or slightly more is a success and um so that's something we are going to hopefully i'll come back to in a second um so i've um on my um on my tumblr blog uh broomstick.com um i've just posted a few at the start when, when, the, when the news first came out i posted um a couple of quotes from articles so the first one was i'll just i'll just read these to you and hopefully they'll i'm just I'm just heading over there now myself to broomstick.com <laughs> and I suggest some of our listeners do the same. Indeed. In this, multi-channel, in this multi-channel world. It's a second screen for podcasts. <laughs> um, so this is in a, uh, this was an article called Why Would Anyone Expose J.K. Rowling's Pseudonym? And this was by... Um, 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 this was by Moby Lives. Um, oh, sorry. So this is the Melville House. Yeah, that's right. This is the Melville House. Um, uh, blog. Why would anyone expose J.K. Yeah, Rowling's got it. And it's a funny blog post. It is very cynical. And at the very, when, when this first happened, I was feeling very cynical too. So I chose this quote, and the quote is this: "Why would anyone do this?" Asked. I'll start again. I do this for a living. Why would anyone do this? Asked booksellers across the globe in unison, shrugging their shoulders dramatically before rubbing their palms together and cackling with cartoonish glee. So that was the first one. So very cynical, the idea that um, that people <laughs> people are kind of questioning why why they would do it. Why would she um, keep this secret? The idea that I guess that this might be a huge marketing ploy. What are your thoughts on that? Um, first of all, I think that the quote that you've chosen is beautifully written. I just have to say that because this is a podcast about writing and reading and writing, and it's actually very well written. It could, in fact, be a you know be a line in a novel itself. Um, however. It's, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because, you see, this is the first question that I asked myself when I heard about the whole brouhaha. I thought, why? Why? Why would you, you know, when you start a novel, um, you're reading it, perhaps enjoying it or not enjoying it, and you get to the end and you think, hang on a minute, did Robert Galbraith really write this? I think this wasn't written by someone called Robert Galbraith. Galbraith. I think it was written by a woman and a very famous one at that. 
I just, I'm not a conspiracy theorist type person. And, you know, and really the world does fall into those two camps. People who are into conspiracy theories and people who aren't. I'm in the latter. Um, But I really would be surprised if this was some sort of not very sophisticated whodunit uh, PR ploy to just watch this book skyrocket. Why bother? You could just do the same thing by having J.K. Rowling write it or you know, so I, I don't really think it was a marketing ploy, to be honest. What, what do you think, Ian? Because you said you were sort of feeling a bit cynical about it when it first came out. Well, I didn't think that it Story. was... Story. Yes, I didn't think that it was necessarily a huge um, scam, sort of kind of marketing ploy. I thought it's slightly odd that The Secret came out um, at a, on, you know, on a Monday morning... Um, um, uh, you know, f- first thing on a Monday morning, that the kind of the whole idea that it was a newspaper that found out, and mm. and and her quote that I'd really rather have um, had kept this secret a little longer or something along those lines. I kind of, I did kind of sort of groan inside and thought, you know, this is a bit a bit much. But at the same time, and, and at the same time, the reason I, I felt like that was because I knew that the rest of the week would be entirely dedicated to J.K. Rowling. And as an author, um, as a, you know, I guess an official, <laughs> an official, official, I've got my official badge as a, a kind of a, a, a middleist author, if that's right. Maybe I've not written enough novels to be a middleist author, but a debut author that's much like all the other debut authors with a certain amount of, of kind of publicity and sales to see, yeah. the, to see the kind of news dominated again by this story. And I think what I, I think what I thought, not that it was a marketing ploy, but that the story, it would have been story enough that she'd written and published a crime novel. That would have de- that would have dominated the pages enough. But to kind of milk it for even more a different kind of a different kind of publicity that would raise the stakes even more for her and would get all the other all the rest of us off the literary pages for that bit longer. I just kind of groaned a little inside. Um, but that's coming from a very specific position, I guess. And also, I'm not a huge kind of Harry Potter slash, um, you know the rest of her books fan necessarily so it's not like i was no. particularly excited that there was a uh, a new rolling novel to be to be read if that makes sense it's not quite i mean what's interesting is um often i think this sort of um question about whether an author wrote a text or not it tends to be something that is, is a bit historical actually um and so it's it's sort of quite interesting when it is played out in front of your eyes in the sort of um the the very the real life present so to speak to sort of see what happens um and that there is a few a sort of few interesting things that are, that that sort of um come out of the story one of them is the idea of pseudonyms in general i think and also the historical perspective on that because obviously in some ways certain things have changed in other ways some they haven't changed because um in the past uh, a lot of women writers would have used, obviously, male pseudonyms in sort of Victorian times when it wasn't seen that the sort of quite the proper thing for a woman to write novels. Um, they would have used um, ambig- gender ambiguous names. And it's interesting if you think about J.K. Rowling's, well, her, her normal pen name, which is J.K., which sort of reading around a bit, no surprise there, um, she was advised or decided to go with J.K. for her um, child's um, fantasy novel uh, series because 
girls wouldn't have minded if Joanne appeared on the um, on the novel cover, whereas little boys would. So it's interesting that she had a bit of a sort of gender ambivalent pseudonym in the first place. Obviously, the pseudonym she um, took on to write this to write the sort of crime novel is, is a kind of different thing entirely because she sort of said that she want she wanted that you know that thrill of anonymity the sort of the luxury of of privacy if you like to mm-hmm. to write in peace to release a novel in in relative peace and see what happened and sort of get back to that time perhaps where she wasn't as famous when the, where the critics weren't baying for her blood to sort of think ah oh, you know you can't write you can't write a novel for adults and so be it and the you know the seals prove it so I think that's I think there's a lot of angles with this uh, a lot of questions that it sort of rises sorry that it presents about um, modern authors actually pseudonyms gender gender issues around sort of writing as well and I think that's maybe why it's run and run as a story yeah I could completely completely agree with all of that I think it's um, um, I think it's, uh, it's it's such a and that's why my opinions change because it's such an interesting story, and it's kind of the most famous author in the world, pretending mm-hmm. to basically be like the rest of us. Um, and 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 I haven't linked to this on on Broomstick, but but I will do. But um, it, a piece by Joanne Harris, the author of Chocolat and yeah. numerous other things, Yorkshire, very good writer too, Yorkshire lass. Um, One of our own, indeed. she said, not yeah. being from Yorkshire, but you know. <laughs> well, no, well, me neither, but almost. We've lived well, you're here. close by. You're We've close lived by. Here long, we've lived here long enough, I think. <laughs> yeah. um, her Tumblr account is fantastic. I follow her on Tumblr and um, and oh, uh, right. reblogged a couple of her things and had Excellent. some exchanges on Twitter and that, what have you. Um, she Can wrote, I just say there that, that Joanne Harris, like J.K. Rowling and myself in real life, called Joanne? <laughs> just, just another little... <laughs> You can't Just say another that. little comment for you there, a very meta type comment. Very meta, nice. Um, she wrote a post today, and it's a post that sort of um, uh, kind of it's a blog post that moves into a short story called "The King's Canary." Um, the King's Canary. The King's Canary. It's the it's, the, it's uh, Joanne. Uh, Joanne. It's Joanne. <laughs> Hey, we're entering a whole different territory now. <laughs> it's, I says, hello, like, hello, hello. It's uh, joannechocolat.tumblr.com. Um, and so, yeah, she talks about, um, starts off by just talking about introducing the fact that this has all happened to, to uh, J.K. Rowling. Um, and then she lists all the outrage, like at the price of the ebook, that it doesn't have wizards in it. Um, at the fact that J.K. Rowling is not a disabled war veteran, as her fictional biography suggests. Um, and then she gets to a point and says... Um, Oh, so then, and then she goes, I know, I know, the heart bleeds, poor JK, with all that money, power and fame, except, let me tell you a story, it's called The King's Canary. And then she writes this short story, which is um, um, effectively about um, 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 a woman, a sort of an average singer, who used to sing in the streets, and eventually she got more and more people into a crowd, and then she was taken on by the king, and then everyone expected more, and basically it's a little kind of um, JK rolling allegory. Um, and then the last bit I shall nice. read to you. Um, um, so she was, eventually she uh, she decided to go back to kind of her, her original state and went out and sang in disguise um, and then she says but singing was out of the question the noise of the people was far too loud this is when they found out who she really was and finally the woman left and went back to her gilded cage and put on her shoes and her fine new clothes but she never sang again so the yeah so the, the idea is that um, well you know what the idea is I don't have to explain so that's an, another interesting take on it that I've found 
I certainly like the idea of um, responding uh, in a literary fashion to a kind of big real life story about literature. I like yeah. that approach very much. Absolutely. It's really nice. And I will say this only once. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's the hello, hello thing again. Right. Enough. Enough. Um, no, no, you keep going. Um, so th- th- I'll back to this post by James Smythe. So my, my, my kind of thoughts on it, opinion kind of developed. When it first came out, I, had that, I did that groan and I didn't really think about it. Then I read more and more bits and pieces and I thought, this is, this is a bit silly. I need to think about how I really feel about this. Um, and then my opinion was kind of solidified by uh, James Smythe. And so this, this, this post by, uh, by James Smythe is, it talks about here the release of his third novel, um, uh, which, was, uh, which came out uh, recently, uh, which is called uh, The Machine. Um, and he talks about how it was, just, you know, like like most writers, worked incredibly hard on it. Um, uh, he uh, published by Harper Collins, you know, everyone doing their best behind it. And um, uh, three months in, uh, the hardback copies sold four hundred and seventy copies. Um, and the whole post is brilliantly written, but it's also about the idea that that's 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 fine that's actually quite a normal amount so like i said earlier the idea yeah. that jk rowling only selling 500 copies without her name going to it um is nothing to be derided or, or kind of scoffed at that's actually pretty good and in fact here um james smith says have you sold 470 copies of your book awesome be proud of that um and then uh, something that i've banged on about for months on the on the podcast and, and previously on the blog is the idea that writing for money is a bit of a fool's game um whether you're and this is importantly this is whether you're published or self-published because the people that are very successful at either and by successful i mean financially um mm. they are um outliers they are not the norm most people do yes. not make millions from either publishing traditionally or, 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 or self-publishing um, and it's some really fantastic... I won't, I, you, I'll provide a link to this in the show notes. I'm not going to sit and read it all out. Um, but the quote that I chose to to uh, reference was, uh, this isn't about sales, it's about intent. You intend to write a great book. Do that. The rest is all, frankly. And here I apologise to listeners who uh, may be offended by such things. But bullshit. Um, and, uh, what? <laughs> I can't say it again. <laughs> and... Um, I just think there's so much there's so much wisdom in that and um and and, and again in my kind of very short kind of um, commentary on 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 this on this link when I posted to Broomstick I I said that it was something that I've been thinking about a lot. So I apologize that I'm talking and talking but you can respond in just about 20 seconds. Um it's something I've been struggling with to a degree in the last few months because as most people who listen to the podcast for a while will know Ace Frangelica was published on the 1st of September. Uh, the paperback version and 27 days later um, my world was completely changed by having identical twins and so whereas most people would have spent the last nine months just working furiously to uh, publish and market and be at lots Mm. of events and all this kind of thing different 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 kind of anything anything all lots of lots of kind of publicity I've had to just do whatever I can and I've done my best but for example last month 
I was Hell yeah, you've done your best. You've done <laughs> loads. Thank you've you. done loads than the average mere mortal could do and would do. You've Thank done, you. you know, it's full credit with the year that you've had <laughs> and the, um, the the children you've had in the house to do yeah. what you've done and to keep also up with your weekly, uh, you know, output. You know, it's, your, it's a current affairs um, event as well as a literary one. You know, the way you just keep keep plugging, keep producing, keep doing. And what you were saying just a minute ago about... Um, it's the intent. It's not what you're going to earn at the end of it. It's also doing. It's, so it's doing's the middle bit, and doing is the most important thing of all, I think. But that's yeah. I'm I'm jumping in, and I'll 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 keep quiet again and let you finish what you were saying. That's fine because most of it was complimentary towards me, so you can jump in like that anytime <laughs> you want. That bit ends now. I've, <laughs> I've, 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 we're done for that bit for, for this particular podcast. But um, what I what I meant was really that it's that that it's put a few things in perspective for me, just kind of. Firstly, the whole J.K. Rowling thing and the James Smythe post and some of the other reactions to it. Me kind of sat here fretting, trying my best to get a podcast out every week, trying my best to sort of look after my children, have a full-time job and try and, you know, write a second novel at the same time. Also worrying about sales that, that, you know, um, that, Mm. that, uh, that, you know, what are my sales like? And actually, it turns out, I think my sales are actually really pretty damn good by uh, by most people's standards um so i'm 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 i should you know, i'm going to be pleased about that so my my opinion has changed and if it's taken jk rowling to uh, to put me in that position then that's fine by me she can publish as many gold braith novels as she likes <laughs> i have to say that although the uh, um first of all nice nice sentiments and i've enjoyed those um but also the name that she, that she chose, was, which was clearly a male name, or being Robert Galbraith, so not the sort of gender ambivalent, um, ambiguous name, sorry. Um, it was a very Scottish name. So it's like, right, we're going to be clear about the gender and clear about the sort of the Scottishness. I mean, Robert Galbraith, what a brilliant Scottish sounding name. But I do also wonder if she had sort of gone for... Um, a female writer's name, so Roberta Galbraith, for instance, whether or not they would have been so hot on her trail. Because having looked at one of the articles that sort of um, the professor from Oxford um, said, what you know, in terms of analysing the text, he sort of was convinced it was written by a woman. So I do wonder whether she got her her sort of sense slightly wrong and if she'd used a sort of a woman's name, that it might never have been discovered. But we've talked about this enough, and I'll, I'll just—I think I'll just uh, wrap things up on on that with with that little thought. Well, I think her friends call her Bobby G. <laughs> <laughs> what in a sort of primal primal scream fashion? Exactly like that. <laughs> um, okay, so um, that's that sorted. God, that's, uh, we don't need to worry about that again. All that's all completely sewn up. Um, let's talk about social accountability. Shall I Google it quickly to see if see if it's an actual thing, to, whether I made it? Up? Yeah, I, I think we should. I think we'll just do right, those okay. ori- those top initial checks. Social accountability. Yep, there'll be something written about it somewhere, but not on, perhaps in the way you mean. Okay, what is social accountability? So there is a definition on Business Directory, and oh. there is a website called socialaccountability.net. But I suspect all of these people don't really know what they're talking about. No, I don't think they do. Definition and meaning. Yeah, it's about it's a business thing. So, like the yeah. apprentice, like the apprentice, or something. This, yeah, let's not even talk about the apprentice. Let's not even talk about the apprentice, please. Never watched it. Never watched it. <laughs> mm, I can't say the same thing myself, but, but you know, <laughs> that's just life, isn't it? it well, yep, it would seem so. Um, I've watched a lot of nonsense too, like <laughs> like forty thousand editions of You've Been Framed over the last six months. 
Who hasn't, though? Who hasn't? Who hasn't had a go themselves? Tried to win the uh, 250 pines for a for a sort of um, an obviously staged jeep. But we digress. We digress again. Um, okay, so social accountability. So this is the context that I kind of mean it in. And this stems from something. Yeah. I, I found an old blog post of mine. I don't remember why I was looking at it or found it. It just probably just appeared somewhere. And, um, just, just leafing through the broom archives, perhaps, <laughs> metaphorically speaking. Yes. And um, it was called... Um, oh, it was a cracker. Uh, what was it called? Um, How CCTV can help you with your productivity or something like that. So basically, wow. one, one afternoon I had this silly idea where um, I would film... I, I got a, um, like a time-lapse app for my iPhone, set it up facing me at my laptop, and I just kind of... I was editing Ace for Angelica at the time, and I just recorded three and a half hours of footage um, and stitched it all together, and it, it created a video, and it showed me what I, what I did. And the theory behind it, uh, that, that it would make you more productive, was the fact that if you commit to... if I Because I'd committed mentally on my own to sharing that video with the public i knew that i was going to write this blog post i actually sat down and did some work for three and a half hours i didn't sort of walk off and you know do anything silly but that was that was kind of an internal promise it wasn't like i previously said i'm going to do this and look out for this blog post because this is what i'm going to do and that's more the kind of social accountability that i'm talking about so on youtube for instance people might say that they are you know look out for videos on tuesday and thursday and as soon as you said that you're, you're kind of committed to it and, and, and you're not just accountable to yourself. Other people can hold you accountable because they can get in touch and say, well, it's Friday, where's, where's, my, where's my video? Um, yeah, so you're, you're, creating that, you're creating the need and expectation by saying, well, it's almost like I've got to do this. By, by sharing it, you make it so, don't you? Um, just on the subject of walking off and doing something silly, that's what I'm going to have to do for just one second. But um, I'll let you chat on for a while about this topic hello listeners unfortunately manuela wasn't able to return to the podcasting booth for the remaining five minutes of this episode so i I shall be i shall be flying solo for the rest of the show i hope that doesn't detract from your uh, experience too much so I was talking about social accountability. I think that she's in, on a, an expedition, a literary expedition in Scotland for the real Robert Galbraith. Apparently he's living in a very small, a small fishing town and he wears kind of like a woolly, a white woolly jumper and a beret. So social accountability, yes. What was I talking about? Basically the idea of social accountability came to me because it's something that I've done. I had this, I do it quite a lot. If I, if I launch a new project I kind of I kind of just I just do it I just I just kind of tell people that that's what I'm doing so I have a whole list of things excuse me I have a whole list of things that I've um um announced if that's the right word uh to the world um and uh much to my embarrassment I haven't followed through on them so I can think of I can think of a few so for example I've talked um I've talked on the podcast before about a, um, a a membership scheme, either a Right for Your Life membership scheme or just something that was tied to my website as it is now, where it's ianbroom.com. I've talked about that um, endlessly and, and, and I'm sure that I've said that it's coming at some point um, uh, and it never has um, because I've either, either decided I hadn't quite got the right idea or quite the right skills in some areas um, or, or, or the time. I just kind of never went as far as actually launching the product, but I announced it. So I, I 
when I when I when I talk about this now, the, me 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 saying these sentences, I feel this kind of guilt because I know that I actually said to people that it was going to happen, and then I I didn't, and you know, there's a possibility that some people may have been let down. I mean, I guess probably not, but it's the idea that I, by announcing it, I made myself accountable, not just to myself. I just I I, I made basically other people can hold me up and um, and and slap me down and say. Where the hell is that membership scheme? The Right for Your Life conference, that's something that I've announced before and or, or, or tried to get feedback on at the very least. And I thought it was going to happen and then in the end I decided, you know what, I'm not sure that I can sell 100 tickets to make this worthwhile. And so I didn't do it. Um, another example might be, um, um, well, this podcast, for example. So there have been times this year when, I, um, when, I, when I've, I've simply not been able to, um, much like... Much like Manuela Boyle, at the last minute I've had to uh, go off on some kind of literary emergency, either to Scotland or I've been doing something else family-related. And I, I've just not been able to record. I've had to cancel on people at the very last minute and felt awful and awful, awful about it, but I just had to do it. And I realised, especially with the podcast, because I know that people listen, <laughs> um, uh, uh, there's the sense of of having let people down. Um, so it's just something that I've been thinking about. Does it make you more productive to do that is it the right thing to do to have an idea or to come up with a project or or even to to um commit to a writing project and tell your friends that you are going to be writing for example a thousand words a day and then find yourself missing those days and all of a sudden they're asking you down the pub how are you getting on what 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 were your thousand words today about and you've written absolutely nothing is it better to keep those aims those goals those ideas in or is it better to do what i often do and just announce it and then sometimes i follow through sometimes i don't and kind of live with the consequences either way i guess there is a kind of a direct comparison in the technology world with this apple famously keep whatever it is they're working on a very closely guarded secret as much as they possibly can um um, right up until right up until the day that they launch, or sorry, to, right up until the day that they announce whatever it might be. So it could be the new iPhone or the new iPad or something like that, and everyone's guessing and speculating. But what Apple do is they say nothing until the day of the announcement, and then they say, "And this product is finished, and it will be available to you in either a, a couple of days' time, or a week's time, or a month's time." And everyone rejoices because it's there in the announcement. They have pictures, and they have, they can see it working, and they know that this is a finished thing. By contrast, a lot of the other tech technology companies. Microsoft did this last year with the Surface. They're doing it, people have done it, Microsoft and, and Sony, for example, are doing it with the consoles at the moment, the next-gen consoles. And it's where people stand up and they say, well, this is our idea, and this is what this product is going to be like, this is, that, this is what this project, this is what we're working on, it's going to be amazing. And then there have been numerous examples of where that just hasn't, they haven't followed through and launched the product, or it just hasn't been the case that you know, when, when the product launches it hasn't had the features that were promised, and people end up feeling slightly let down by it. So that's kind of another comparison to, um, um, I guess, what, what I'm saying. Going back to the word count issue, um, I am currently, see I'm doing it now, I'm currently trying to write every day. It's something that I've never thought was entirely necessary, but having struggled inevitably over the last nine months with having new babies in the house to write regularly enough 
so that I don't come back to it and think, what the hell was I writing? Um, I feel I do need to do that. I do need to make a commitment. And it doesn't matter how many. So I posted on Twitter yesterday that I'd written 164 words. It had been a really busy day, but I'd still sat down for 20 minutes and I'd written something. And that that was, you know, I felt a sense of achievement and 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 what have you. And that's kind of out there now. And I'm, sh- I'm, I'm sure that people won't be emailing me to find out whether I've written anything today. But I'm aware of having said it. I'm aware in a way that that puts a timeline on things, that if I was to write every day, if you say roughly, let's say, let's be kind to myself, 500 words on average a day, if I was to achieve that, then I should have a novel finished, what, I don't know, I, I'm terrible at maths, but um, you can work it out. Um, so there is a timescale now applied to this, because I've made it public, I've made, I've made myself socially accountable. And part of me, and this is, I guess this is the bit I want to finish on, part of me wants to really embrace this idea um i kind of want to stop embracing it so firmly with project work so things like a membership scheme or blogging or podcasting or whatever it might be but something there's something where, where it's where it's to do with my writing my proper my fiction my second novel i wonder whether i would be better making myself extremely socially accountable whether i should just go all in and for example two ideas I've had is to use YouTube to video blog the writing of my novel. One, because I think it would be interesting to share that process with people and to talk about the kind of things that I was going through because I wrote the first one. I mean, I wasn't on Twitter or anything like that when I wrote majority of the first uh, A.S. Frangelica. So I wonder if and, and and therefore it was a very solitary process. It was all, you know, I didn't get any positive feedback. I've talked before about write, writers kind of just blindly writing without any kind of reward, just kind of, <laughs> you know, alone in the room. Um, but perhaps if I shared the process and, um, and, and was really open about it, then that would encourage me to do it every day and to do it more regularly because people would be literally expecting the next video from me. They would be expecting the next update on how the novel was going. I'm not saying that I would necessarily share exactly what I was writing, but I could certainly share the fact that I'd written so many words and it went it went like this or I feel like this at the moment. This is the particular technique, writing technique that I'm using in order to achieve this particular effect. You know, I feel like there's value in it for an audience, but I wonder if there's value in it for me. And I wonder if you... Have have ever had the experience of uh, um, being socially accountable for anything? So I'm going to leave it there. It turns out that I waffle on far longer when I'm on my own. I think we all knew that anyway. If you want to get a hold of me, you can do on Twitter at Ian Broom, I A I N B R W O M E, and the website of the blog, of course, is um, ianbroom.com, and then the blog ianbroom.com/slash/blog. You can find all this. You just need to go there. I will say also that if you want to leave a reaction to this stuff, you can. I I, I post on uh, the episodes appear on seventy decibels, and they should automatically appear in iTunes and wherever it is that you listen to the podcasts. But I also post them to my site too, and you are very welcome to go on, find the relevant episode, leave a comment, and carry on the discussion. And the reason that we give our Twitter addresses um, or um, accounts out at the end is because you are of course welcome to. Um, Get in touch and um, and comment on what we've talked about on Twitter too. I should say to you that Manuela Boyle, you can find her on Twitter. I would thank her. Thanks for joining us, Manuela. Thanks very much. No problem. Oh, that didn't sound very Northern Irish, did it? Um, she won't be happy with that. Um, Manuela Boyle, that's how, where you find her on Twitter. Um, A-M-N-U-E-L-A-B-O-Y-L-E. I like to spell everything. And you can 
find her new blog at mutelycravingtoadore.com. No, .wordpress.com. That's where you can find that. And that's it. Enough of me. I shall speak to you next week. Bon voyage, which is French for um, see you.